on episode 176, I believe, already. Can't believe it. And today, me and the gang are going to chat a little bit about email marketing. And in order to do email, yeah, and in order to do email marketing, first we have to have people to email market too. So we're going to talk today about how to start building your list, your email list. And before we dive into this topic, which I'm excited about, uh, let's meet our esteemed panel, Mr. Schreifler. Oh, wow. I never get to go first. Um, (laughs) I always just pick randomly. So sorry. Uh, no, no, no. That's good. Uh, hey, everyone. Tim Streifler here, and you can find me online at DiviLife.com, where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, and tutorials. Uh, WPGears.com, where I have my Divi business expert course with my good friend, David Blackman, and then TimStreifler.com, which is my client services business, which by the way, random fact, uh, I don't know why I decided to say this right now. Is it a fun fact? Sort of. I, oh, I mentioned timstrifler.com, which I, I do very little client work and I haven't updated, updated that site in five years. But I was on scrolling through Instagram yesterday. I got a Facebook ad for a company and in the ad, they stole one of my images from timstrifler.com. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, what was it an image of? It like was your an face? image. No, no, no. It was an image of... Uh, it was like a portfolio type image and it had several websites that I had done and they're very old websites. Cause again, I haven't updated my client service website in five years, but it, you know, and it has uh, like different orientations and angles, you know, uh, showing uh-huh. off the website. And so it was one of those and it was like, okay, <laughs> that's not cool. <laughs> what um, the heck? And yeah. they targeted you. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's the worst that part. That was a pretty big fail. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, that's a well, fun little fact. Sorry that that happened to you today. Yeah, uh, it's all good. <laughs> and apparently it was front of mind because it was a part of your intro. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tim Streifler and people steal my crap. <laughs> well, I you was, made as it I was saying, you had stuff stolen. I guess we yeah, should go check out that website true. now. It must be amazing. It, it, it might have been. It. It's so old that now some of those techniques I did are now popular again. Like it came back around how outdated it is. Uh Yeah. Yeah, They're like the website of flares or something like that. (laughs) Come back around. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Miss Oates. Hey there, Sarah Oates uh, from Endure Web Studios. You can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. Um, I am still waking up, but give me half an episode and I'll be with you. She'll be there. Yeah, she's doing good. She's <laughs> sipping her tea. You got tea or coffee today? Uh, coffee. Coffee. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you have such a beautiful window behind you for those that are on the video. It's such a, it's like a whole wall that's a window. It's so it nice. Is. It's I'm in my it's cave. It's so ugly on the other side that we covered it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am in a cave with no windows. It's, I hate it. I, I will never have an office without windows again. It was such, I didn't even realize it when I, when I, when it happened. But anyway, did you say all your things? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I'm Stephanie Hudson and I am broadcasting live right now from the Charlotte, North Carolina area where it is finally blessedly not blazing hot out. I'm so excited. I've taken a walk two days in a row, count them two. 
I could make it about a block and a half because I'm so out of shape, but I'm so happy Good that job. the weather's finally somewhere. turning. Oh, goodness. It just gets I'm so on the opposite town. Like it has just started to get warm enough that occasionally you don't have to wear a jumper. And I'm like, yeah. yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love the change. The change in seasons is the best. I lived yeah. in Southern California for a while, not too far from where Tim is. And like, it's beautiful weather there all the time, but it like got boring almost like I missed like that feeling of, like the air getting crisp for fall or the spring uh, bloom, you know not, like all that I'd, I would take California any day <laughs> I missed seasons and I like yeah. here in Charlotte it snows like because of whatever is weird with weather like it didn't ever used to and now we get like one little baby snowstorm every year and it's amazing and fun but anyway I digress if you would like to hang out okay keep us posted if you want to uh hang out with me you can go check out my facebook group focus on your biz where we got a bunch of uh of web geeks and freelancers and other people in there we have a good time and um, my website focus wpco is where we sell white label wordpress maintenance for agencies so that you can look like a rock star while we handle all the boring stuff so all of that being covered let's talk about some emails what do you say sure. oh uh-oh. did tim freeze when he moved his desk oh he might have <laughs> it's just you and me oh man hey do you guys for those who are loyal fans listening and watching do you guys remember the episode where tim's microphone broke and he had to just hold it like it broke off of the stand were you on that one sarah I gotta yeah, find was. the number of that. It was so funny. I was the one who was He's me just... talking, so I was like trying really hard to just. Keep oh, on and I was, and I was just brutal. I was just dying laughing. I'm like, what is happening? Okay, so Tim's officially well gone. So yeah, he totally must have popped a cord. Yeah. So, um, Sarah, do you want to handle the defining today? Do you think you can do it? Do you want to wear sure. Tim's hat and talk? I don't know about... if you're gonna want me to, but yes, uh, I can. We totally want you to. I believe in you. <laughs> So we want to talk about email marketing and our list. What is this holy grail that everybody's after the list? Okay. So I guess the main thing comes from how are you going to contact people? Like how are you going to find people who you can actually help them know about your product? Like, have you ever uh, thought about a product? You kind of looked online a little bit and you thought, oh yeah, I might be interested in the future, but I'm not really sure. And then you totally forget about it and you move away and there's nothing else. Well, if you had have added yourself to a list, then they might pop you up with a bit more information every now and then. And it helps you feel like maybe that's something that you're a bit more interested in. So the list is something that companies are trying to build all the time. The list is supposedly very valuable. You are on a million lists, even if you don't know it. And your information probably even gets sold from lists to other lists. It's just how it works. This so every company got depressing. It's depressing. I know. I know. I like, that's why I said you might not want me to because I don't love um, email marketing, but I'm here because I like to bring other perspectives, but also because I am a business and I do need a list also. So Mm -hmm. a list is something that all of our businesses are trying to build because if you have a list of people who have said, yes, you can contact me, you can contact them and you can send them information. You can send them useful things. Um, in another episode, maybe we're going to talk about what should you send them and how should you send them and how often should you send to them. But the first thing is you actually have to have a group of people that you can send to who have approved for you to send to them, which is really important with GDPR. 
the so, legal stuff is yeah, yeah that's serious so we will talk about that today but essentially what it all comes down to is um how do you actually build that list of people you don't need a whole bunch of information from them you just need their name and email address or even sometimes just an email address but ideally mm-hmm. you want to have a list of people that you have been approved to get in touch with yes and um when we're talking about um the reason for email being the communication like ah, it is it really is astonishing to me that in 2020 email is still a thing it feels like such an antiquated system of communication such old technology like it really has not changed in decades so it's really frustrating but if you have a list of email addresses of people that have agreed to be contacted by you and you have messages that you send in back and forth with them, then you own that. You own it. And nobody can take that away from you. Unless I mean, they can unsubscribe, of course, but they can't take that away from you, which is completely different than social media, for example, or other kinds of other kinds of messaging that you just have very, you know, really in the grand scheme of things, little to no control over. So that's yeah. why this is such an important thing. And the the test, like the um the market doesn't lie. Like this is no matter who you talk to, who knows their stuff in marketing, yeah. email is where it's at. Like, which it's, again, it blows my mind, but Hey, that's where we're at. So yeah, let's figure out how we're going to build this list. Now we're, we are Divi people, of course. So we've got, uh, we've got tons of things at our disposal in order to cap, to build our list. The, thing we want to keep in mind is uh oh is tim back no i think he just sent us a message though oh i uh, sent whenever, you a message oh okay sorry whenever uh we are um now i lost what the heck was i saying there oh come on whenever I we know. are I team. I know. <laughs> oh man you guys were a mess when the guys aren't here it's terrible uh so, okay, so we're going to use our Divi website, that's what it is, to get email addresses. Now, email addresses, because of all these things we've just talked about, you guys know it, your email address is currency. It is valuable. And you know what's going to happen if you put your email address in something. You're going to get emails. And if your inbox is anything like mine, it's packed and it is flooded with things. So I'm very, very cautious who... I give my email address to and for what? So in order to get these people to these potential leads, hey, he's back. (laughs) All right, we got to know what happened. Did you pop a power cord? That was what Nancy guessed. When I uh, went from sitting mode to standing mode, the power cord got caught, which I have an extension cable that that powers everything, my computer, Uh my camera, my microphone, everything. And the extension cord got caught underneath the leg. And so it just pulled it out, <laughs> which that has never happened before. I've had the standing desk for a couple of years now, never happened. And then of course it happened. Right this now is why we should air. always just sit like standing, sitting. I know yeah. who wants to stand. Yeah. I know. Well, well, listen, I stand to stay energetic. So I don't get sleepy because I'm a lot more <laughs> sleep deprived these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet you are baby merit. Fair enough. Too. <laughs> Uh, so these, (laughs) so what you've missed is Sarah gave a very morbid explanation of email marketing. I'm just kidding. I told them they wouldn't want me to explain it. And I explained it in in my Jose, Jose Rosa is in, 
is in the chat and he wants to know how to build his list with Divi. Let's tell him you guys. There we so go. We're, yeah, we're just we're just diving in. We've covered all the foundational elements. So now, you know, we could give a shout out to Elegant Themes right out of the gate and say, set up Bloom. You can use Bloom, which comes straight from Elegant Themes and integrates right with your Divi site. It has some limitations, but boy, it can collect email addresses and link them directly into your email provider. And it, it works with a ton of them. I don't know what their list is currently, but if you're Sounds using like email 17. marketing, yeah, if you're using email marketing software that anybody's heard of, they probably cover it in Bloom. They can connect to it. Yeah, I feel like there's kind of like two, maybe three categories of how we can approach this. And, and I apologize if you already kind of talked about this um, in my absence, but there's like the technology side, like you mentioned, like with Bloom and actually like, how do you get them on your list? Uh, but then there's the, that's kind of like the easy part really. And the, I, I would feel like the harder part is the strategy in how do you convince someone to actually get on your list um, yeah. and, and figuring out like what it is, what is it that you're going to offer them? Is it a freebie? Is it, you know, knowledge? Is it, you know, this, that. Um, and so that part's a huge part. And then the third part being the, like, I guess it kind of goes with the technology side of, of, you know, what plugin or mechanism is like what email marketing software you're going to use. Um, these days they're all like very, uh, have feature parity where they're like basically across the board, they all have yeah. essentially the same features. So it all mm -hmm. comes down to kind of what you're comfortable with and what you user interface seems to make. Or even just what you, you started with, like, because right. it's a pain in the butt to switch. So it's oh, huge pain. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, so keep going, Tim. So, um, so I mean, wh which one, I mean, we, we talked about bloom should we kind of continue going that way in terms of the technology, yeah, yeah. the mechanism, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so I'll use, I'll, I'll talk about what I use on my own site. So, um, I have a series of freebies on my website, divylife.com to get people onto my email list. And so I use, um, I originally was using bloom and while bloom is a really good tool, um, the downside to it is it has analytics and you might think that that's a good thing. However, the more traffic you get, the more that analytics will bloat your database. And so I have a dedicated mm. server with WP Engine and they were figuring out some different things for me. And they're like, by the way, this is slowing down your site. And they showed me nice. because I was using it for years and years, driving a ton of traffic to the site. And so it just bloated the heck out of it. So I, I stopped using Bloom. I was using it alongside with the two other tools I'll talk about in a second, but, um, so that is something to consider. Um, I wish they made that feature optional to just turn off the analytics. Um, so it won't bloat your database, but that is like, I didn't discover that on my own. That was from WP engine, uh, performance team. Um, so the, now what I do exclusively, um, is I use gravity forms and then I use my own plug in Divi overlays, shameless plug, but that is what mm -hmm. I use. <laughs> um, to power the pop-up. And so I put the, 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 uh, gravity form inside the Divi overlay pop-up. And, um, the reason why I use gravity forms because Divi does have the opt-in module, which is good, but gravity forms gives you a lot more control. So for example, gravity forms yeah. lets you add a tag in MailChimp. So I use MailChimp. Yeah. And so you can basically add a tag as they subscribe. So for example, I can tag them and say that they downloaded a specific freebie. So then later I can email market them based off of 
what they downloaded. So if they already downloaded this particular freebie because they have that tag in MailChimp, well, then I'm not going to send them an email about that same freebie because that would just be uh, redundant. Um, and so that's one reason why I use Gravity Forms uh, for, to get them on the list. And then the second reason is with Gravity Forms, you can send out custom emails uh, responses. And so you have a lot yeah. more control over that. Um, and so being able to basically say, thanks for subscribing. Here's the download, blah, blah, blah. And then also send an admin email too. Um, cause I, I archive them, but I like to have a log of, mm-hmm. I won't get into that, but, um, so anyways, gravity Tim, just gives you a lot more control. Okay. So, so you just blew through that really fast. I'm going to reiterate a little bit. Of yeah, it yeah. 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 To people. Please do. Okay. So if you use something like bloom, which has a pop-up or the opt-in, which I think we should maybe just touch on briefly what the difference is between those two, like why you would choose one over the other, but, yeah. but basic, uh, which does anybody want to just say that real quick? Do you know, do you have a reason? Yeah. So bloom has the, so bloom is bloom is like exclusively for opt-ins. And so you can, mm-hmm. you can do pop-ups, you can do fly-ins. Um, I think you can do, can you do a static form? Yeah. I can't remember. Uh-huh. Um, can. And so you have all these different options. And so it, it's great. It, it's powerful. And for, you know, your everyday sites yeah. probably fine, but if you're going to be driving a lot of traffic and performance and database blow is a concern, then I would probably stay or even if you just want any sort of customization like it's really hard to customize it It, is it it kind of gives you this gooey that lets you change the colors and let you change like little bits and pieces but as soon as you want to do just about anything custom you really stuck with it yeah Yeah. and it's they give you like four thousand layouts that are all like they're almost identical they're almost identical too like there's so much alike i can't even if you don't pick the right one from the beginning you get really stuck further down the track so you you then have to kind of restart to get the correct starter so that then you can customize it but like tim said you're also really stuffed if you want to do anything custom in terms of the database Yeah. So as soon as you want to give them options for which list they want to join, or as soon yeah. as you want to tag something, you can't use it at that point. And so then if you're already at that point, if you're doing more than one of these types of sites, there's a good chance you're already paying for Gravity Forms. If you're already paying for Gravity Forms, then you've already got the technology available. It's really not that much harder to set up a Gravity Forms thing than it is to set up. And um, uh, when we talked about contact forms, I think we decided that, Caldera has the email list add-ons as well, right? Yeah, pretty much all of the premium so form plugins. A- yeah, it doesn't have to be Gravity Form. So if you use Caldera, Caldera, I think like you pay like per add-on. And so you could buy the add-on just for yeah, MailChimp right. or ConvertKit. Whatever and they also use. have, um, they already have built in and a pop-up modal. Is it modal? Mm -hmm. Is that the right Mm word? Um, Mm -hmm. It's ugly. Like it's not a very pretty modal. So definitely like I use Tim's Diddy overlays all the time. So like I have basically the same setup as Tim in terms of that. Like I use overlays all the time and I'm not, I paid for it. I paid for my lifetime subscription with Divi Life. So, you know, I'm not there promoting it because I'm getting anything from it. I literally paid for it and I use it all the time. Um, But if you... (laughs) That's okay. Like it's literally what I use. But if you didn't want to pay, for example, or you are limited on your cash or you're just doing one site and you're not going to maintain it and whatever, then, you know, maybe Caldera is a good option and they're built in modals. I'd certainly used it on a client who wasn't going to be sticking around with me and the modals was really easy to use and you can activate it. So when they click on a button, it will pop up 
up the modal um, and then ask whatever the questions are. I wasn't connecting it to a database, but I'm assuming based on what you guys are saying, you could do that. Um, but I'm similar with Tim in terms of Gravity Forms in that I love the ability for it to then do emails stuff right. afterwards. I so love to that jump it's then in the database. So say, for example, something fails over in your whatever you've chosen to use, um, MailChimp or whatever, you've got a second copy of that inside your um, website. You can export that. You've also got the advantage, like Tim's saying, where it can be emailing somewhere. So you've got like all these backups of the, this list that you are creating. This list we are saying is gold it's a really important thing. You want to make sure that you're taking care of that list in whatever way you can. And you don't want to just miss something. Like if it just goes straight over to your, your list, if you've only got a small list, you probably want every single notification that comes through. Like for a lot of, like probably not Tim's website because he's probably getting a lot of them, but for a lot of our small businesses, every person matters. Um, mm -hmm. Not that they don't, but Tim, that's not what I mean. But what Tim, I mean is like- Tim could care less about his customers. Every person who comes and looks at your website is potentially a very big step for you. Um, so particularly yeah. in the beginnings, you might want every single notification and you can set that stuff up in MailChimp, but you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just really like Gravity Forms. I like the freedom and I really like the ability to be able to give people choice with it. And being able to have tick boxes, I think it gives people a lot of choice. If you're worried about GDPR, which we'll come to later, you know, you've got all of those options that you can be just adding text, you can be adding tick boxes, you can be adding whatever you want to make sure that you feel really confident that you're asking the right questions, putting them in the right list, and then it will flow on. Yes. And so if you want to learn more about forms on your Divi site, go back to episode 173, where we talked about all of these things in a lot more detail. Uh, so back to Tim's little scenario, which is a comparison of Bloom and using a gravity form. If you set up um, a Bloom form and you connect it to MailChimp or I use ActiveCampaign, if you want, you want to categorize, it's very important. If you're trying to capture this list, again, as Tim was saying, you have to categorize these people. You can do that by putting them on different lists, by adding different tags. There's, there's multiple different ways, but really you, you want to do that in an automated way. So Bloom to yeah. do that is very difficult. Uh, you, there, is a, there are ways, depending on who you use, you have to set up like hidden fields within your email and then like within your marketing software like MailChimp or something and then connect that. I've done it and I don't want to do it again. <laughs> like I've done it. I don't even remember how I, it was. It was very convoluted and it was tricky to do. So what happens then is if you, if someone comes, let's just say you don't care about that for right now though. Someone comes and signs up, gives you their email address. That is it. That is all that happens when you use Bloom. If that goes into a list or whatever, then you have to set up an automation within your email software, you know, within your MailChimp or whatever, that then will handle that action. So we all know the drill. We're so accustomed to it. We go to a website, we see something that we decide is worth our email. We put it in, you immediately like almost turn your head, <laughs> turn your head to look at your phone or whatever it is for the email to pop up that says, Hey, thanks for just filling in that form. And here's whatever you requested. So if you don't do that, then there's like a gap, there's a gap there. So you have to have an automated email that that gets sent. And so there's just a lot more configuring if that happens through Bloom that you have to go in and do. Whereas if you do the gravity forms or, or other form way on the front end of your site and let that pro program handle 
the tagging, it will send the initial email to that person, yep. redirect them. Bloom can do a redirect URL too, but it'll redirect them to your thank you page. And then it can also send you an email. That's the admin email. So just because your customer gets an email doesn't mean that you still know anything about it. So it'll also send you an email and say, hey, someone just signed up for this thing and whatever. So you just can keep tabs on all of it. So that's the difference between those two. One is a lot easier to automate and to control multiple bits in one place rather than ha which and the form software are a lot softwares software what's that plural softwares software. yeah <laughs> i think uh, it's just software i think it's just software yeah form software are that doesn't show right. form plugins can handle a lot of the details like i think it's softwire Kind of like software. <laughs> Probably, yeah. They can handle think, all of that um, stuff. And so you can do we, it through sorry. them. Yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, well, one thing we haven't talked about. I mean, we're obviously all on this train, but that isn't to say that there aren't plugins around that would also do this. Like I know a lot of people sure. will use like directly, say they're using MailChimp. Like MailChimp allows you to build forms inside MailChimp and then put yeah, them into your website. Embed. There are other options so like true. just because we're saying like it's unfortunate that we all happen to be on the same train with this one um but that isn't to say that there aren't other plugins other than elegant themes plugins um and i, I have heard of other people who've switched to other plugins to allow them to do the same thing i think the reason that we're saying we happen to use gravity forms is because any plugin that is less on your website is always a good thing, right? And I already have Gravity Forms on every website anyway. So if you've already got it there and it has the functionality enabled, why wouldn't you use that? But that isn't to say that there aren't other plugins around that could potentially do these things. It's just adding another plugin, potentially a little bit more cost because it might be a paid plugin. Um, but yeah, just, like don't out like outrule anything else. I think what we're saying is totally elegant themes. Um, plugins for these are good they're simple if you really want the basics sure go with it um, but if you do want customization you might want to consider something else and we'd probably recommend gravity forms yeah but yeah, there's tons sure. of there are things there's also like lead pages or all those other kinds of full page builder things that can capture email addresses too so this is as Tim was saying there's all these layers of it right so this is the technology bit so there are yep. lots of options but as we are dealing with a Divi crowd here and you're all using a Divi theme, so those are two super clear cut yep. options is to either use the Bloom or the opt-in uh, module or to do a pop-up or something with a, with a third party form plugin. So those are just two, there's, there's many of course. And we've talked about yeah. some of those on previous episodes as well. But now let's talk about regardless of whichever one we're gonna do. Yeah. Well, how let do me, we use me... those? Oh, you got more? Well, I, I just wanted to touch on something uh, or two things that, that we had just talked about. One being the Gravity Forms email. So the thank you email with whatever they mm -hmm. requested, they wanted to download the freebie, et cetera. Um, you can do that. And I think Stephanie, you touched on it. You can do that within MailChimp. The reason I don't do that for a couple of reasons. One, I think it's just way easier with Gravity Forms to configure that. But um, another reason is... If for some reason there's some sort of a glitch and the MailChimp API glitches or whatever, and they don't end up getting on my email list, I still want them to get whatever they requested. 
because if there's yeah, some right. sort of a glitch, which does happen, it has happened to me before, I want them to still get what they they wanted. Otherwise, it looks bad. It looks like they they subscribed and didn't get anything at all. Yeah. And so with Gravity Forms, you have a little more control and you're kind of separating the email subscribe from the freebie. Um, and so rather than doing it all in one. And another thing too is I don't like giving them like because some people they only want the freebie and then they want to unsubscribe and that's fine but if you give them the freebie in the through mailchimp auto i never thought of this, this they, is they can unsubscribe right right then and there because it's like i got my freebie unsubscribe it's like i want one chance to like catch yeah. their attention <laughs> and so that is a smart tip tim I don't know if this is a thing or not but i also wonder whether the gravity forms emails get through better um, just from the perspective of like when things are coming from a mailing list, email applications know they're coming from a mailing list. Whereas when it comes totally. from a website, I think often it actually goes to the inbox. So you're more likely to kind of therefore get your email address, sorry, <clears throat> approved by their email provider. Um, so like this is going to kind of go into another field a little bit, but when one thing that's really important with emails is that they don't go to their spam. And when an email comes through something like MailChimp, sometimes it can somehow that email provider has already marked that somehow as spam and it might end up going to your spam folder. Whereas it comes from your website, potentially that gives your email provider an opportunity to go this email address, like hello at whatever website um, is an email address that I can trust because they opened the email and they were happy with it. It came through to the inbox. So then when it comes from MailChimp or from wherever, I don't know, but I, you know, am wondering See, now, if it might I would guess, help. I would guess the opposite, Sarah, because I think there's so many deliverability issues coming straight from WordPress. I have no idea. You may oh. be totally right, but I, you know, like if you don't have your SMTP stuff set oh, up. Oh yeah. I'm assuming that you've got all that set up. Or any of those kind of things. I don't know. And I think with, with the one thing about how MailChimp, Constant Contact, uh, ActiveCam, all of those, they are rock solid on the approval to have them on your list. So I think that adds something, a little credibility to those lists too. So I have no idea. That's a, that's an interesting. Yeah. I, th I think you're almost touching on two different things there. One is the deliverability and one is getting past the promotions tab in Gmail. Yeah, yeah. What Sarah's saying, absolutely. Like an email from a website, like a transactional email, that's going to be hit inbox and it's Gmail's not going to think that that's a promotion opposed to if it comes from MailChimp, it's going to go straight to that promotions tab. Does that sound? Yeah. So okay. I, uh, and we don't even know the answer to that totally anyway. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so moving. One other... Yeah. Keep going. One other thing. One other thing. Um, no, keep going. Talking You're fine. about setting up your, um, your email list. And Stephanie, you mentioned how, when you do gravity forms, you can, or I talked about it and then you touched on it too. You can collect, um, you can add a tag, uh, through gravity forms to their MailChimp and stuff. Um, and how you mentioned Stephanie, how there's workarounds with bloom or maybe as well as the Divi opt-in module where you can like do like MailChimp groups or, or whatever, or hidden mm -hmm. fields and all that stuff, um, which is obviously a pain, but still works. However, um, it, it's considered best practice, uh, I think, um, from email marketing experts, as well as this is what 
I think to be the best is when you're setting up an email list, you have one list. You don't have separate lists for separate things. You have one list and you don't even have groups. Uh, that's kind of like old school email marketing where now it's all about segmenting. And so when you can segment, you mm -hmm. can segment by all these different data points, because if you have a group, you essentially have a group, which is essentially one data point. Oh, I have a group for this opt-in, this freebie. I have another group for this, another thing for this. But if you have one list and all these different data points, well, then you can segment based off of any of the data points. You can segment based off of a tag, or if you have it synced with an e-commerce e website, um, then you can segment based off of what they purchased or what page they subscribed on or you know, this or that. Um, and so if, if you can do one list and segment and then have as many data points as possible, um, you're going to be a lot better off because then you can create really complex automations and stuff based off of the, the data that's already there. So yes. saying that, if you can do that, that's best practice and gives you the most control when you actually start sending emails. And one I of the reasons for that is because if you have multiple lists, potentially you've got the same person on each list. And even aside from the fact that then if you wanted to send everybody something, you've got a bit of an issue. You've also got the issue that you're paying for an extra email address. It, once you get to the point where you're starting to having to pay, like why would you want to pay for multiple people in, which is really the one person in multiple lists just seems yeah. like yeah, uh, not ideal. Paying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I do think though that that can be overwhelming when you're starting to like hear all that and think about having to set up all those automations. So no, but the, the whole point is just have one list, like just right. So have one, one list, list and yes. tag accordingly. So tag um, some advice that we were given what, when we were configuring our automations and things is to to break your your tags or your labels, whatever they call them in your program, break them down into a couple categories. So like an action or a product or a source. So, you know, we, I spoke at a conference and we had a bunch of people sign up after that. So that was a source more so than like, yeah. as opposed to somebody coming to a blog post and downloading a lead magnet, which is more of a, a product, or I guess that would be the action. And then if somebody bought something for you, then that's a product. So if you, if you break down your tags into an organized way, then that helps you to be more clear with them. And then down the road, you can utilize those a little bit. So, cause today we're talking about just getting the list started. We're not talking about like, like in future episodes, we'll talk more about what to do with these lists once you have them. So yeah. you want to keep them clean and organized. You don't want it to be cluttered with a whole bunch of random tags that aren't consistent throughout. Like if there's multiple people that have done the same thing, they should have the same tag. You don't want the, some to say like download and some to say like lead magnet or something like that. That means the same thing. You want to be really consistent and it's a little bit like when you're helping someone build a website and you got to cat do categories, the best way is to like map that out at least a little bit ahead of time so that you yeah. can just sort of figure out your basic buckets that you're going to yep. put the categories. And you don't in. have to use them for a couple of years. Like you can just send to everybody, but uh -huh. if you set up the tags now, you're not going to have to do your that life will be later. a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Be as organized as possible, plan it out, but be as specific as possible too. So not just like a broad lead magnet, but like what lead mag magnet specifically. Cause like Sarah said, if you set that up ahead of time, you're uh, you'll save yourself down the line. If you decide yeah. to actually act on that data, which for me, I started building my list with certain freebies 
before MailChimp had tagging, they were kind of mm. late to the game with adding that feature. And then after they added it, then it took Gravity Forms at least a few months um, yeah. to add the feature in Gravity Forms to allow you to tag and send the tag to MailChimp and stuff. And so I kind of missed out because I had like all these freebies, people that subscribed, but I wasn't able to, when I started incorporating uh, sending emails based off of the tags, I wasn't able to include a ton of people that had subscribed previously, but now that it's there, it's there. So if you use it, um, then you'll, you'll be better off. Yep. Uh, can we jump to the next little section? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we've talked about the tech, basically the software yep. or softwares that you're using and the, uh, like the connecting it to your, email applications, all this stuff. So now what about like on your website? Where do we put these forms? What can we use to entice people to fill them in? Who wants to go first? Yeah. I think the, the obvious one is freebies. Mm -hmm. um, and that, I mean, there's a lot of different categories based off of, you know, the niche that you're in, niche that you're in. Mm -hmm. um, Don't start that now. But freebies, <laughs> freebies isn't always the best choice. Now I use freebies and I do recommend them, but um, it's not always the best choice because a lot of times what you do is you track people that want free stuff, but aren't willing to pay and probably are never going to be willing to yeah. pay. Um, but that doesn't mean don't do it. You just have to know, like, for example, um, a side business I have with my cousin in a totally different niche we used freebies and we very quickly built up an email list to like almost 40,000 people, what? but it was based off of freebies. What were you giving away? Well, it, it, the, the niche was photography. Free ice so, cream. Yeah. Oh. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it was garbage. Like oh. it wasn't a list of buyers. It was a list of, of, uh, freebie seekers. Yeah. yeah. And you're just paying exactly. for all of these right. people who don't actually want to buy anything from you. Exactly. And we weren't even getting, we were getting unsubscribes, but then we're also just getting low open and click through rates and stuff. So we ended up cleaning the list, which we could do a whole nother episode on that. But yes. Um, and we basically got it down to like 8,000 people that were actually engaged and stuff. And so that's yeah, something nice. you have that's to be aware still a pretty of. killer list. That's decent. Yeah. So th that's just something because yeah, there's, there's like freebies, that people have that will won't even engage afterwards once they get the freebie. And then there's people that will engage, yeah. but they're like, you know, they're freebie engagers. So they're not yeah. really there to buy something. So <laughs> you just have to be aware, which I've had more, a lot more success with Divi life with the freebies, giving away free plugins and child themes and stuff like that and having them actually turn into buyers. Um, and mm -hmm. so I think it just depends on the niche and depends on what you're, what you're doing. Well, and also like we're going to talk about next week, what you do with these leads once you get them. So if you get an email, somebody signs up and then you just send them generic evergreen content or like newsletter. I know Tim, you love the phrase newsletters. If you just send them general miscellaneous content, like that's never going to convert them. That's not going to turn them into something. But if you say like, Hey, I know that they downloaded this, then you can think about what else they might be interested in and eventually lead them to a purchase. Even if it's a small you one, probably, bigger, so you're probably not going to send them an email that says, Hey, would you like this other freebie? Right. <laughs> because exactly. they're just going to go from freebie to freebie. Right. And there is something to be said. I mean, I think if you're just starting out, I think a freebie is a great way to start. 
and to try and to experiment and to see how it goes because it's nice to have some data to work with, right? But if you are, once you're going a little farther, try some paid products, mm-hmm. even like low ticket. If something is $7 or $19 or $1, you know, like those kind of things that just at least give somebody a reason um, to purchase. I definitely it, I sign up for are... freebies. So like as an actual user of websites, mm-hmm. I have definitely signed up for freebies. I think the things that I find most useful, so say if you are running a design agency type system, then uh, the kinds of things I've signed up for are like tips and tricks. So they're not, it's not that Mm -hmm. it's like, it's information rather than like, I mean, I've signed up for Tim's free plugins just because it's easier than like going and trying to figure out how to do something. So there's definitely freebies in terms of technology, but for the most part for me as a user, I'm going to sign up for things like they're telling you, like, what do you need to get ready to build a website? How much should a website cost? Um, your uh, branding uh, guide or, you know, like those kind of little e-booky mm-hmm. um, information. Yep. So it's like you had a blog post. and stuff are great, yeah. Yeah. A blog post, but way more detailed or the kind of stuff you would tell a client if you started working with them, like actually give some value to people. I'm really happy to sign up for that kind of stuff. And it's the kind of thing that you're thinking, well, if someone's really serious about making a new website or whatever your business is, like if someone's really serious about it, what do they need to know? Like, what is the thing that you would be talking through with them one-on-one anyway? Why not put that into like some sort of package that lets them download it? That's going to be a much better lead because that is someone who is actively ready to move to the next stage. Um, So I think that's a really good freebie. The other thing that I sign up for regularly is discounts. So if it's like an e-commerce type store um, and I go to a website, it bugs me when it pops up straight away. I know. Nine times out of 10, I will close it. However, if I have Go back gone and to hit that refresh. website, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I've gone to that website deliberately for another reason, like to purchase. So maybe I saw something on Instagram and I'm like, yes, I need that thing. Or I saw it somewhere and I'm like, yes, I need that thing. And I go to the website and I'm like 50-50. Then there's a chance I might sign up for that just purely because I'm like, well, I'm probably going to buy the thing. So I might go get the discount. So then I will sign up. And then if I choose to go away, I'm on their list they're going to start emailing me. So okay, those so we are the two had... reasons I will personally sign up to either pop-ups or. So those are the things that you're getting. And we've talked yep. about a couple of the methods or places that these are, right? So maybe mm-hmm. on a blog post, then at the end of that blog post, there's a more detailed checklist for it, right? Like, yep. uh, like when we did the how to launch your website, like the steps, right? So we could talk about it and then like, hey, download this free checklist, so that you can yeah. have it, whatever, you know, stuff like that. So on a blog post, like right within the content, something mm-hmm. that's related to that piece of information, you yep. can do a pop-up was the other one that you said, which mm-hmm. just don't be a dick about it. Come on, like well, stop throwing them in our faces. options with pop-ups, right? So yeah. the pop-up you're talking about that everybody hates is a time the one that you were just talking about, yeah. That takes up most of your screen and that pops up after, say, five seconds when you load the page. And on my so phone... Oh, when you can't find the little X. Ugh. I think those are the ones that we all hate. And those are the ones that Google is not a huge fan of. Um, so, but a pop-up can be all sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like a pop-up yes. can be based on, you actually have to click a button before it pops up. So you yes. can have like a contact us button. We can even have in your menu, contact us. And then when you click that, 
it um, pops up with a contact form. Like that's super mm-hmm. useful, right? If yeah, you don't actually want to give them contact information, all you want them to do is fill in the form. That's great. You can even in your contact form have a little tick box, tick box, stay in touch with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that in itself, a contact form could be building your list if you added the tick box to say, yes, add me to your list. A pop-up could be something that comes up, like I think um, – it's bloom isn't it that um comes up in the bottom right corner and it's just like a little one so those ones those are not so bad yeah they're not so bad and they're actually quite useful because you can leave it there if you're thinking well maybe i do want that discount Uh or maybe i do want it but i'm just going to browse around and it just kind of stays there so there's that which is technically a pop-up so it can be action triggered, it can be time triggered, but the main thing is just think about, will people be so annoyed they won't even read it? They will look for that X and press the X before they've even read any bit of information mm-hmm. that is on that pop-up, then it's probably not going to be the most ideal. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do any of the things that Sarah talked about, you can check out the Divi Overlays plugin. Divi Overlays? <laughs> That's, uh, That's right. You forgot yeah. one. Exit Intent. Okay. It's one of my faves. That, yeah, I love the Exit Intent. Yeah. So cool how that works. But explain what that is because not everyone will know. When it cues where the mouse is moving. So when the mouse goes like as if it's going to leave the page and click another link or something, a, a button or whatever, it will trigger the pop-up at that point. So it's as if you are planning to exit. Like if your intent is to exit the website, it'll pop up. Yeah. One yeah. thing to keep in mind with those, I think they're very useful. I've gotten caught by tons of those. You know, oh, pops yeah. up saying, oh wait. Okay, but uh, they don't work on a phone because yep. you can't read minds. Say, yeah, can't, they I, can't read the mind of the person, and there's no mouse. So a couple of days ago, we got a support question that said the DV overlays exit intent pop up is not working on mobile. It's like, well, it tracks the mouse, <laughs> and there's no mouse on mobile. So I wonder how they were overlays issue. That's just a how, exit intent issue. <laughs> how were they testing that? Like, well, they're on mobile and they're like, I know, they're like, I'm, I'm swiping I'm back and it's not triggering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't really That's know. But, anyways, yeah. yeah. So, um, oh man, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, so you talked about, um, Stephanie having uh, a way to subscribe on a blog post. And so mm-hmm. um, I don't know if this is what you meant, but this is something I've had a lot of success with is content upgrades. So you have a blog post that's, teaching something, it's talking about something, you know, whatever it may be. And then you have a content upgrade that takes it a step further that they subscribe to. So they're getting something of value for free. So you're building credibility just on the blog post itself. And you're kind of already earning their trust as someone who knows what you're talking about. And then you're going to offer them something irresistible that will take it a step further. And so um, like, for example, I have a uh, a promo bar tutorial that shows you how to do completely with code. You can copy and paste the code and customize it to add a promo bar to your website. And that's completely free, no subscribe. The code's all there. But you can use the generator, which is a form of a content upgrade, and put in you know the customizations that you want in the text and then put in your email and then I send you the code via email. And so it's a content upgrade. And I have a few different ones like that that have worked really well because you're giving something for free up front. It's like the psychology of it. They already mm-hmm. like you and trust you because of that. And it's kind um, of saving you time, right? Like I've filled in that one on your website purely because it's quicker to run the generator than it is for me to go and customize yeah. the code in totally. the actual code. And so therefore I'm already on your list anyway, but if Sarah. I wasn't on your list... 
Are you president I, of Tim's fan club? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just using him as an example, right? I've also done the same with um, when SJ used to have the generator for a child theme. It was yeah, quicker for me to just run the generator than it was for me to customize a child theme. And so yeah. like whether or not you're already on the list or not, I think we all have this uh, hesitancy to be put on a list. And I think what you're wanting to do is answer that question. And you're kind of wanting to answer, is the value I'm giving you enough for you to be added to my list for free? That's the question, right? Mm -hmm. And so you need to give enough value or you need to give enough reason they would want to stay in contact with you to go on the list. So I think something like that is, a, if you have something like that, it's the perfect opportunity because you're kind of saying, you can have this for free. I'm not holding it back. Like there is nothing that I am saying you can't have for free, but this is going to make your life easier. And in exchange, you can jump mm -hmm. on my list and I might be in touch. I think that that's yeah. a really fair trade and people won't feel that angst of like I don't want to go on your list like what is that going to mean kind of thing so I think yeah. any way that you can kind of either go this is like extra value that is totally worth you coming on my list or this is going to make your life easier both are really valuable yeah and, and I found it helps if you're super upfront and say like hey yeah I'm going to subscribe you to my list and I'm going to send you emails but you can unsubscribe at any time I'm not going to spam you mm -hmm. you know three emails a week max, you know, whatever it may be. Another way of looking at it is thinking of them is freebies aren't really free. They're paying for it. They're just paying for it with right. their information, their email. email it's kind of like your currency. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, you know, using Facebook or Google, it's like, oh, those are free services, but we all know they're not really free. You're paying <laughs> yeah. for it by letting them advertise and even worse than that. For letting uh, them like, listen to you in your own home. Right. Track you, <laughs> look at your behavior, your browsing history, everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's one Watching you day, through your webcam. <laughs> yeah. The, everyone always says like, oh yeah, they're listening to me. And like some people believe it, sometimes they don't. And my experience with that is like, okay, I think they listened, but they also could have gotten that piece of data from, you know, this other thing. But there was one the other day that was so blatant because it was nothing that we had, I'd ever searched for, or my wife had ever searched for. And it was like, we talked about it once. And then it was like on my feed, like the same ah, day. It's so yeah. creepy it when like it happened. Out of the blue. Yeah, exactly. Who did it? Was it Alexa? Um, could have been. Yeah. Cause we do have an Alexa device also. Uh, <laughs> smartphones with logged into Facebook and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So who knows? Know, all of them. Oh, it's so terrifying. But I'm like, at least like, at least give me stuff I want though. So at least there's that. At least they're not oh, yeah. shoving things down. Like at least <laughs> like it helps you get stuff you want. I don't yeah. know. Okay. I, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So we're, we're winding down. Let's, is there any other methods on the site? I'm thinking, I mean, not to make this like the, the Tim Streifler product show, but Divi bars, you can also use those to have pop yeah, up, yeah. like uh, have a bar slide down from the top. And there's other plugins that do it too, but I, yeah. I'm, I use Divi bars as well. I'm sure Sarah does. Of course, Sarah does. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> I actually don't use it that much. I've oh. used it. I, actually, I started using it with COVID. So COVID was yeah, kind yeah. of Notification when I really bars started people, to yeah. use uh, Divi mm -hmm. bars. But before that, I, w I actually don't have a ton of websites that really need that, that functionality. Yeah. yeah. Now another, it's a little Sorry. less invasive than a, a pop-up and it, you know, uh, kind of yeah. like a fly. But it is very, like, it does catch attention because you can have it so it shifts the page down and then stays mm -hmm. up there and has a little jiggle button and so, all that stuff. So those are those are jiggle effective button. too, the jiggle button. I, I think that's yeah, what it's called, I, right? I think button. anytime you're going to do that, my personal 
perspective on that one and I'm sure it is very different to everybody else is don't make it invasive at all like don't do a jiggle button on it don't like Mm -hmm. make it a different color so it stands out make sure they've seen it but if you want them to leave it there until they're sure they actually want to click on it I think don't make it like have movement and crazy things because it just makes me want to make it go away don't give them a seizure or anything no you want them to see it you want it to stand out but you just want it to sit there so that then when you're ready you can go actually yeah I do want that thing and then you can click on it personal perspective yeah yeah, I, mean, I, like, I think I like it depends on the site too. All that, yeah. Um, oh man, I totally just lost my train of thought. It's something <laughs> a- absolute gold. I'm just oh dang it! <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, bring it, it back, bring it back. Okay, so have we talked? Oh, landing page. That's another one I wanted to mention. You can do a very like if you really are targeting signups, you can do a dedicated landing page, and. The landing page, the way I'm meaning it right now is one that is specifically like to have one thing happen, you know, a very like a sales page or a squeeze page, they call them, where you have some content that is potentially SEO'd so that people will find it, they'll land there or, or they're being sent from someplace else like social media or another, yeah, you know, whatever for promotion, right? You're getting to a landing page and it's whatever the content is, the end result that you want them to do. They, the one call to action on that page is to sign up for your, for whatever, to give you their email address. So that's another way that is useful. So there's, there's so many different things that you can use your website for to collect email addresses. So many things you can offer. would be if you chose to do an ad on Facebook, for example, mm-hmm. and you want them to click on it, but then when they click on it, you want them to give you the email address because mm-hmm. till that point, it's all in the Facebook ecosystem. So if someone clicks on an ad in Facebook, that's valuable and you then have that data and you can kind of use that within Facebook to then retarget them and all of those kind of things. But if you can get them to click on whatever it is and go to some specific landing page that is specifically doing exactly what you said in, like, make sure it does do, it's not clickbait, make sure it does do exactly what you said in the Facebook ad and it sends them over to your website to this landing page. And then in the landing page, it makes it super easy for you to sign up to their list. Then you've managed to get them out of Facebook and into the, the list that you own. So that's where a landing page can be super useful with social media and mm-hmm. advertising. You might pay for it once and then they're in your list and you can just email them. Like that's way better than then retargeting them just in Facebook. And a super, can't do that too. super interesting totally. paid tactic is to pay for ads to give away something for free. <laughs> like that mm-hmm. always fascinates me. Like it's so counterintuitive, but it's a great way to, I mean, with the exception of what Tim was saying about the freebie seekers, it's a great way to build your list and also to just start establishing yourself. Like if people just haven't, just don't know you yet to start establishing your expertise and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I thought of one thing I was going to say. Um, we talked about like grabbing attention, whether that's pop-ups or promo bars and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, to, to draw attention to your freebie or to get people on your list. Um, it's also worth noting that sometimes you have to do a combination of several things in order to get someone's attention. Like, so for example, I have a promo bar that's been on my website for a long time that promotes my all access pass, but I'll mm-hmm. have people that will say, Oh, I didn't realize that you had an all access pass and I bought these products and I'd rather just get the pass. Can I upgrade? And I was like, really? Like, how could you not know it? Like, I feel like I'm bombarding people because yeah. it's in the promo bar and it's a couple of different places throughout my site. But like people 
like they'll go like ad blind and they'll tune right. out different yeah. things. They'll, they'll like naturally tune out promo bars. They'll naturally tune yeah. out pop-ups 100%. and stuff without even thinking about it. So you have to find creative ways to get people on your list and you don't just pick one. Um, obviously yeah. you don't want to have like, you know, pop-ups flying in from every direction to make sure you, you <laughs> get their attention. That would just annoy them. But With like using... laser beam sounds and like fancy. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, uh, pew! Yeah. Just you know, shooting cat, right in. cat gifts. Oh, and for sure. <laughs> Sure. Um, but if you can use a combination of different things in different ways to get people on your list, like some people, like they don't want a freebie, but they might subscribe. This is one thing we haven't talked about yet. They might subscribe for oh. knowledge, like subscribe. Cause I'm going to send out more tutorials. Oh, great. Like I want free knowledge, you know, and they'll sub subscribe yeah, yeah. to that. Yeah. So. However, with that, like you got to get past the, like sign up for our mailing list. Cause like nobody, nobody wants that. You've got to give them something and say like, this is where we share right. X, Y, and Z. If you yeah. want to be it in- It depends what like, kind of you... business you are, right? I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. like tell them what you're going to send out in your newsletters, but it depends on what business you are. I think for e-commerce, all of that stuff really makes sense. But I think sometimes uh, for say like a web design business, you literally, it could be in your blog posts where you're talking business ideas or business tips. And you can literally just say, like, if you want to hear more of this and you don't want to miss a post, like sign up. Yes, and it I could literally that. be that that is really valuable for them. Whereas if I'm going to an e-commerce store, no, I don't like, I mean, I guess you could be saying don't miss a new product, but and people will know what they're signing up to. But for the most part, that's not where they're going to sign up to just a newsletter yeah. without getting something for free. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes into giving enough like value. And so if you're putting out a lot of content that's really valuable and it's like mm -hmm. your best stuff, like people, they're, they don't want to miss out on that. Yeah. But if you're, if your freebies or, you know, whatever you're teaching, whatever value you're putting out is like not really much different than what everyone else is putting out. And it's like, you know, who cares type of thing, then yeah, mm -hmm. people aren't going to subscribe to that. But like, I mean, if you look at some of these like big, like influencers or gurus and stuff, like people flock to them and it's because they're, yeah. they, they like, people want to follow them because they're giving, you know, information they're teaching mm -hmm. and they're giving out a ton of value for the most part. Some, mm -hmm. you know, they just luck out by being really attractive or something. But, <laughs> um, but I yeah, think, so no, I think that's, I think it's a totally good point. And because if you choose not to give freebies, for example, and you're just giving valuable content, I have signed up to websites like that before. And I, in fact, it could be more powerful because if you are giving really valuable content and people think, I want to see this every time it comes out, not only are they going to sign up, when they sign up, they're going to say, don't go into my promotion folder, go into my inbox. And I have about, I don't know, maybe 10 places that I've signed up to that I have done that because I don't want it just to be amongst the 50 promotions that come in for the day. I want it to be in my inbox. I want to see it every single time. And there's even a couple that I've taught MacMail to like flag as read later yeah. because I know I never had time when it first comes in, but I want to read it every time it comes in. So if you're providing valuable content, you might be better off not providing freebies and just providing really, really good content because people will want to see those emails and they know they're not just getting advertised to every time they're mm -hmm. actually getting content every time. That's a whole different level of value. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You can, uh, I mean, you can, you could sit there with your hand out and ask people to give you a dollar and every once in a while somebody will, but if you're like performing <laughs> a valuable service, 
and having people pay for it. Remember, this is what we're talking about. This is just commerce. It's just a different currency. It's an email address is money. It's value, whatever, you know, it's currency. So you have to give something and that something doesn't have to be a widget or a product. It can be information. It can be all of these things and it's delivered in such a different way. It's not a standard uh, transaction like we're used to thinking of, but I, we're, we're getting wrapped up on our hours. So I'm going to make that my final thought that when you are trying to collect email addresses, if you want them to pay you with their email, then you've got to give them something that is worth it. Yeah. There's something also um, it kind of ties all this together called the, I think it's the law of reciprocation, where if you give enough value, like true value, where people are like, oh my gosh, I've learned so much from you, or I've gotten so much from you. When you do finally recommend something that is a paid product, people will want to give you their money because they've You've, they've already gotten so much value. Not everyone. Some people will be like, well, I got a ton of free stuff. That's great. I'm still not going to buy. But some yeah. people were like, I've gotten legitimate value. I have no problem paying for this one thing over here because I've gotten so much from you. And so if you kind yeah. of tailor your strategy around that, like you'll be uh, in really good shape. Yeah. I, I've had a few situations lately where I've had a phone call with someone and I've thought, I really don't want to work with this person. And so I try and talk them out of working with me, like that process of like, yeah, look, I don't think we're really the right fit, like blah, 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 all the reasons. And like the amount of times that they're like, I think we should work with you. And I'm like, I was trying to talk you out of it. But it's that thing of like, when you meet with someone, you often give them a lot of value. Like you talk through ideas, you talk through strategy, you talk through, well, maybe this could work. And even if at the end of it, you're saying like, I don't really care if I get this client. Nine times out of right. 10, they'll be really keen for that reason. You gave them mm -hmm. so much value in that process. You've shown them your skill level. You've shown them that they that you are someone they can trust. And all of a sudden they're like, yes, I'm in. And you're like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And Whoops. their defenses are down because you're not trying to, they know you're not trying to yeah. sell them. So they're mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's oh. right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on board. I don't have anything else to say. Like just give value and people are more likely to be okay with giving you their email address and they're more likely to actually read the emails when they come in. If you're giving particular value that they really, really want, they might even move you to their inbox. And that I guess is the goal. I don't love email mailing lists and I don't do them well for my own business. So I'm not the preacher on this one. I am definitely you're a the user choir. You're the choir yeah. though. You're, I am the one who's the user. using them and yeah. I'm the one who defends against them when they're full of crap or when they're going to bug me or, you know. So I think thinking about it from the perspective of you're also a user, what's going to make you feel comfortable giving your email address or what's going to just really annoy you? Try and take note of that because probably that's the same for a lot of the people coming to your website as well. For sure. One, one last, I guess this will be my final thought when it comes to <laughs> people with freebies, make it an irresistible offer and a good kind of test to see if it's something that actually is irresistible is mm -hmm. if it's something that your competitors are charging for, because, mm -hmm. if, because like the tendency is like, oh, here's an ebook or, you know, all the things that like people are used to getting for free. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, the is there value there? It's like, yeah, maybe like, who knows? But if it's something that like normally you have to pay you for got, and just you're giving away keep for your free, white paper, just keep your white paper. Okay. I'm not yeah, interested. Like, I don't need <laughs> any paper. I'm paper free over no. here. I don't care what color it is. As a matter of fact, you just <laughs> exactly. keep it. But if, yeah, but if it's something that your competitors are charging for, 
like really there's, good. there's value in that. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. I am excited to see what everybody in the audience is going to do. Go out there and get these email lists started in an upcoming episode. It might be next week. It might not. It might be in a couple of weeks. We're going to keep you on your toes as we always do, but we are going to circle back to this topic and discuss the next steps. Once we have this in place, what do we do to turn those fans into customers? So that's uh, something to look forward to. And if there's something we missed or if you had any questions or if you just loved hearing us ramble on and if you were worried about Tim when we lost him for a minute there, you know, send us a message. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash chat and give us a review. And uh, we'll see you in the Facebook groups and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.